call a stormy Monday. Welcome to the Sonic Collective's review of our July 2018 pick, the Allman Brothers Band at Fillmore East. This is a live album we decided to do around the these from Bangkok, Thailand. This is Scott Coates, and with me on the other side of the world are Scott Gregory in Calgary and Darren Scott in Calgary. Hey guys! Hey, yeah. what's up? Yeah, we do actually. Oh, that is weird. All three of us have Scott in our name. I only realized that now. Cool. <laughs> slow um okay i'm pretty sick so uh, i may cough throughout this at some time but uh the pick for this month is what a lot of um lists of you know best of lists of live albums put on there as one of the top live albums of all time i've known of the allman brothers and i actually just a few months ago listened to one of their other albums and i thought you know what i just don't really understand who or what the allman brothers are i actually thought they were kind of hard rock before I listened to this album. So I sort of dove in without knowing much. It was recorded over two nights, March 12th and 13th, 1971. And they were the opening act for two other bands, one of them being Johnny Winter. Um, a bit of a mixed bag on this one for me. I've listened to it quite a few times. And the strange thing is I know some of the names of songs from looking at the, you know, the, the song list, but I don't <laughs> think I could name you if I heard a song say, oh, that's Whipping Post or that's, Hotlanta. So in a weird way for me, I found like, I liked the music, but it just was like one kind of long jam all the way through it. So I did like it, but it was one that I would put on and I wouldn't really be able to distinguish one song particularly from the other. When I look back through the track list, I'm like, oh, I really liked Hotlanta, You Don't Love Me Anymore and Whipping Post. I mean, this crazy 23 minute long version of the song. Um, I like them all. I like, I thought it was just a really cool kind of testament to a certain kind of music kind of like a blues bit of rock but it wasn't the kind of music i thought they did and man it was tight the musicianship was really really tight it could have just as been just as easily been a studio album really like there's a few interactions with the crowd and you hear them a couple times but otherwise i mean i am amazed with some of these live albums how good the quality of the recording is and i thought this was really tight so enjoyed listening to it um, might go back to it here and again, maybe cooking, like throw it on in the background if I'm doing something for an hour. Um, but I didn't come away from a, a couple tracks where I'm like, ooh, hot track. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you in that I'd had a little bit of experience with them before, uh, Rambling Man and Midnight Rider. Uh, it was Guitar Hero 2, I believe, that had Jessica on it. So there was a hint there. You know, that there was just these long, really rambling songs in their catalog. Uh, but I think because I was too busy trying to make sure my fingers didn't fall off trying to play Jessica, it didn't clue in for me until I hit this album. And like you, I was like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. You know, I was, I thought it was going to be more in the Leonard Skinner kind of uh, range. Yeah, that's exactly what I was kind of had in my mind was Leonard Skinner. Good. Yeah. Performance. And then all of a sudden this bluesy rocks comes on and there's like 15 to 20 minute jams going out the door. And like you, like I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between minute eight of in memory of Elizabeth Reed and like minute 15 of whipping post. Right. Like, like I would not win the money on that, that contest if it came down, but 
it was good to have in the background. It made me think, okay, like when you watch the Blues Brothers movie and they just do all that crazy dancing on stage and they play forever kind of thing. It was, or like Fish, where they're just having giant jam sessions. It kind of hit me like that, that they're just guys having fun. Uh, I'm assuming that these were all pre-written and not just, you know, them jamming out and we're like, yeah, that is now Whipping Post kind of thing. But Yeah, I wondered about that. Like, did they eat the purple pill and then go out and just drift off into a 23-minute song or was that planned? Yeah, I, right? I don't, I don't think it was planned. I don't think those songs were planned. I think that's their MO, is that they would just get up. I think they would have a base, right, like that they would kind of stick to. But I think just what happens in the middle was probably different every night. Yeah, kind of like a tragically hip thing, right, where they play the first two minutes of 100th Meridian. Then he does like a seven-minute slam poetry right. session gourd in the middle. And then they close out the song kind of thing, right? I kind of got, whether it's true or not, that's the feel that I got from this. I'm like, you guys are just out there, you know, drinking and having fun and playing this. And it sounds, like you said, amazing. It, it could be a studio recording. Uh, I read that apparently the, the, the truck and the equipment and all that stuff was really good, very well produced. Uh, and it, it shines through. You can play these along, uh, with anything else on a, on one of your playlists and you would be hard pressed in the moment to tell that you had gone from studio to, to concert with these guys. So I was really impressed. I, I actually had to go back and listen to studio because one of the things I like to compare is how well a band performs in studio when it's completely controlled versus when, you know, they have to show their chops in the moment. And, um, and there's barely any, dis, you know, difference. It's just slightly crisper from, from the studio. So I really enjoyed this album was very surprised by it. And I think that did contribute to the enjoyment of it. It just was not what I was expecting. What about you, Darren? Yeah, I would agree. It's funny you guys said that, too, that you weren't expecting that. And that, I, I had the same things. I, I never really knew. And about uh, probably a year ago, I, I kind of came across them. I actually own an Allman Brothers album, a later one, different one. And I hadn't listened to it that much. But, you know, I was thinking they were more rock. And, you know, I'd, I'd seen on uh, uh, Muscle Shoals, there's a documentary that's probably available on Netflix, uh, really good about the famous recording uh, studio of, of that name. I think it's Alabama. Anyway, somewhere in the south. I apologize if I got the state wrong. Um, and uh, Dwayne Allman was a big part of that in the Allman Brothers. And and then just finding out about him and, and just how crazy good of a guitarist he was and how tight that band was. And I think for me, that's like the number one thing is today. I'm like, wow, these guys are solid musicians. And, and Dwayne Allman, and, and he was... Um, uh, Eric Clapton had a, a lot to do with him. He actually hired him to come and play with him and Derek and the Dominoes when Clapton had started up that project. And uh, yeah, so I mean that, that's really interesting. So he's actually on uh, some, some of those albums with with uh, Clapton, and apparently he almost Clapton wanted him to join, like play with me and you know join my band. And he thought about it, but then balked at the, at the last minute and went back to the Almond Brothers. Uh, a few other things I, I kind of dug up, I thought they were interesting, and you know, just on Wikipedia or wherever, but they were paid uh, $1,250 a night. You know, so you think like, well, I guess like $38.50 or $37.50, like over three nights, like for that album that's considered uh, one of the best live albums of all time. Yeah, and I think... 50 yeah. years. It's not a lot of money, but 50 years ago, it was probably a fair bit yeah. more, right? That's yeah. like yeah. half a Mustang every night. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, good point. Good point. But uh, still, I think relatively low for I think what the album did. Although I'm sure they did okay. Yeah. The he'll get residuals and in writing. That a band who's like the second, the first opening band of three bands playing chose yeah. to record a live album because usually like a live album comes out when a band's huge, right? But this, yeah. I think, was their third album ever. Yeah, right. And they're recording it as like the opening opening act. Like that's, and then yeah. it becomes kind of their biggest album. That's sort of weird. Yeah. I, I was digging in a little bit more on it too. And uh, they're saying that at the time, a lot of the record producers wanted to throw out, especially the big songs, The Whipping Post and uh, In Memory of Elizabeth Reed and You Don't Love Me, the, the really long ones. And there was, they wanted to throw them out. They said, nobody wants to hear a band jam. This is ridiculous. So I think, if anything, I think that's probably one of the main reasons it's really prominently recognized. I mean, it's excellent musicianship. But it, it was one of the, I think, first live albums that they really just released from a band like that, that they just jammed. Like, the, before it would be so structured, I think the labels would be like, no, 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 it has to be a three-minute song. Like, realize 60s and 50s, 60s, 70s, all the songs were two minutes, two and a half minutes, maybe yeah. three. And then these guys are going 23? Like, and it's not, it wasn't jazz or anything like that. So I think that's really what set it apart. Um, but to be honest, from personal opinion, I freaking hated it. Really? Yeah. Like all of it? Hate is a strong word. Um, it just, I think it's an amazing album. Not my taste at all, which is so funny because it, I, I love the blues. I love very similar albums. And it actually, I kept trying to listen to it to like force myself to like it. And I, I couldn't do it. I was just listening before and I'm like, no, I, wow. I just don't like it. And again, this is a personal taste thing, but it, yeah. You know, I, it, it reminded me of, I was in Memphis a few years ago and uh, on Beale and walking around and there's lots of bars in the touristy now, but a lot of bars you walk in and there's bands like that. And funny enough, mostly white guys now, I think uh, the, the real authentic, uh, you know, black musicians that made the, made the, the area like BB King and others, it's kind of faded away, but it was a lot of that kind of music. And I remember sitting there having some beers going, oh, this is fun to kind of jam out to, but it didn't didn't blow my mind and i i kind of got the same opinion i'm like wow this these they can play they're tight this is amazing music don't like it it's just not your your scene not my jam not my yeah. jam. which is funny because yeah. me he he gets in there and he's like wake up mama turn your lamp down low and i'm like yeah mama turn your lamp down low and i'm just like like all happy along with him kind of thing right like i yeah. really resonated a lot with uh with this album i don't know if i could listen to it all the time every time but yeah you know, on those first blushes, I was the opposite where I was just like, oh, yeah, I got a but little think, of this in my soul. Yeah. The contemporaries of the time, like Led Zeppelin, which also obviously very blues influenced. A lot of these bands were yeah. uh, and the, even the Stones of that time. It just to me, like just taking the blues and adding kind of like a rock and and kind of making it their own really resonated with me more than maybe they're just sticking more to a typical blues pattern. And, and yeah. again, amazing musicians. And I'm not slating the album for what it is it's just personally just didn't like it well it's definitely from this side of the ocean you know like uh i, I really like british rock but there is a different flavor and it was so dominant for a while uh at least you know in the music that i was listening to that i have been going back and uh you know, Leonard Skinner's Simple Kind of Man, which is really all over the place with uh, giant instrumentals in the middle. Uh, this, it, 
it really has been appealing to me lately. So this might have been a perfect time for this album to uh, to drop for us, for me mm-hmm. at least. Yeah, I kind of sit in the middle between the two of you. Like I, I liked it, and like certainly, but it's not like I'm gonna yeah throw it on all the time. I think cooking or background music. But you know what? I, I might explore it a bit more. Armin's Brothers Band. It's not my favorite, but. But it was different. It was it was different from anything I've heard. But yeah, I, it got a little long too. I think in an hour and nineteen minutes it is. I was kind of like, all right, that's that's it's a little. Like it's, a, it's a bit of a commitment, right? Yeah, I would definitely add Stormy Monday to my playlist. In fact, I did. So it, I really like that song out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was because it wasn't you know very organ heavy fast tempo it was a bit slower uh kind of more melancholy uh i liked it it was the run to the litter and now it's on my playlist i like rambling man it just wasn't on this album yeah exactly there you go <laughs> and uh, it might be good to, before we, we realize we gotta wrap up here but uh to kind of talk quickly about Dwayne allman who obviously was the heart and soul of the band and yeah. uh, as a guitarist and he would later that year same year die in a motorcycle accident at only 24 it's crazy to think crazy. of what they you know, he's so big and all, all he did and he was only 24. And gone. Wow. And you look at the cover. These guys look like 38, like with the beard. Oh, yeah. yeah. They don't look that young. And apparently, piece of trivia, apparently the album cover for this was recreated in the movie Almost Famous. So apparently there's some scene or something in Almost Famous where the band stood, yeah, like this album cover, something like that. Ah. Wow. That's sad. I, I like... Dwayne Allman or someone like Jeff Buckley who just dies super young and they're clearly at the top of their game. Uh, it just makes me really sad sometimes to hear those kind of stories. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Hmm. Yeah, of course. All right. How about ratings? Uh, let's start to you, Gregory. I will go. It didn't really influence me a lot growing up. Uh, obviously, uh, Anything on this album, that is for sure, right? Ramblin' Man and Jessica and stuff like that for different reasons. Video game playing and my mom's tyranny of the radio uh, kind of brought that in. But this album is definitely going to make me go back and listen to a lot more. So Influence Tastes, uh, I'll give a four. The album itself is rock solid. I'd give it a five uh, as far as you got to listen to it at least a couple times, I think, uh, to really get a feel of what's going on at that point. Um, would I recommend it to friends? Yeah, that's probably about a four as well, too. They're all old like me and will appreciate it. So uh, four and a half, I think I'll give it for sure. But keep in mind, though, that, you know, the whole album will probably never be played in one contiguous line for me ever again <laughs> so one hour is too much to put into this thing after a month of listening to it straight yeah i think i'm uh, for the recommendation i think uh yeah four as well i i think that that'll be my highest and just because i appreciate what it is and how good it is it just for me it wasn't my style of music and on that you know even though i liked similar music when i was growing up it didn't influence my taste I, i'm only really a two on that and uh, overall, I hate to give a great album like this, but I think a three is high as I can go for me. It just didn't resonate with me. So, I mean, you know, if you like white man blues, maybe uh, <laughs> I think you would really resonate with this. Uh, uh, I think I've learned myself like I like more blues rock if they're white and uh, leave, leave the, <laughs> the blues to the 
to the the men and women who created it. Are, are they the M M&M of blues for you? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah I like M M&M. and <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right. Um, yeah, I was at risk of being boring. I'm giving it fours all the way through. I just think it. I would recommend it to somebody. Like I think it's you know if you're going to go through the timeline of rock music, rock history, it's a good one to hear. Um, mm-hmm. To think about Zeppelin rocking at that time, but then also kind of Beatles would have been around and, you know, the Stones and yeah, it, it, it kind of really fits in time wise. Um, I enjoyed it and it did kind of influence my taste and I think I might listen, seek out a, a bit more Almond Brothers or a bit more music of that sort of type. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it for like Scott, like commitment. I don't know if I'll listen to it that often but I, I enjoyed the ride all the way through four not super fan but yeah i enjoyed it i think it's a solid four on all fronts mm-hmm. yeah and i think to your like all the bands you listed off just kind of what i was saying before uh they're all british right like they were really dominating a lot in this space i think it's really important to to go and look at the american side of what was happening there as well too mm. okay good one well scott coates from the sonic collective Saying thanks for listening. We'll have a new pick for August 2018 from Alain up very soon. Are we are we going to blow it for him, or are we going to make them listen to the other recording? Uh, we'll we'll yeah. Stay tuned because Alan right. has his opinion. Oh right. This. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll all add it on here. Please listen, and Alan will finish us up. Yay! Obviously, we are reviewing at Fillmore East by the Almond Brothers, and that is a live album. And, uh, yeah, I guess I'm just going to jump right in. When I first put on the album, I was like, okay, nice and bluesy, you know, I'm digging it. Not what I usually listen to, but I like it. The first, uh, first track was good. Second track was good. Third track was good. And then all of a sudden, everything derailed. Uh, the song, You Don't Love Me, could have ended right around the seven and a half minute mark. Because the rest of it is noodling. It's just, you know, when you hear a band and they're just like jamming out. I don't need another 12 minutes of the same song. It just doesn't interest me. So I figured, okay, no worries. Maybe it's just a one-off. But the next track was more of the same. It was more noodling. And then the next track after that. There was this rock organ sound that just drove me nuts. Uh, I, I think you're starting to detect where I'm going with this. The, uh, the album itself is, to my mind, not worth listening to. Uh, and that sounds pretty harsh, I realize, you know, and music is subjective. But, you know, if you ask me, this is an album to listen to. If you like the sound of guys who get off on the sound of their own sound, you know, I, I don't tolerate that in bands that I already really know and love. Right. I go to see I Mother Earth in concert. Love those dudes, love their music, but they'll do the same same shit where it's like 10, 15 minutes worth of just noodling away at their instruments. And if you're into that kind of thing, knock yourself out. Right. But that's not why I would go to a live show, right? I go to a live show because I want to hear them perform the songs that I know and I like, and I want to hear them perform songs that I don't know as well. 
you know, and to hear just improvised guitaring and drumming and, you know, that wretched organ sound, uh, you know, it's, it's fine for a little bit, but I would say the vast majority of this album is just bluesy sounding noise and it did not really please my ear. Um, yeah, I mean, even the final track, the first two minutes were really good. Basically, anytime there's vocals, it's really good. But man, they just get derailed and it sounds like just, just noodling. I don't know what else to call it. It's noodling. Uh, certainly, if I had been live at this event, I probably would have been pretty upset. You know, I probably would have wanted my money back because this is not not what I would go to see the band for. So anyway, that's my take on it. Um, sorry if it's negative. I'm not sure what the other guys think. Maybe they all love it. But like I said, uh, you know, when it comes to musical taste, it's all subjective. And this one just did not do it for me. So I'm scoring it ones right across the board, unfortunately. Uh, sorry, Scott. <laughs> hope, hope you're not offended that I didn't like your pick. But this one just... Uh, fell flat on its face for me and I would not ever ever recommend you listen to anything past maybe the first couple of tracks anyway that's it for Alan or the Sonic Collective uh stay tuned because it is my turn to pick next and I'm sure I will have something much better than this album for you to listen to but then again I suppose that's uh all subjective so I wait to hear what you think over and out